Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 96, Ghost Stories with Paul Bay. Wow, we are real close to that 100, aren't we? We really are, but let's actually get back to that later in the intro. Yes, we will. Sorry. I I jumped ahead of the game. We're only 96. (laughs) We are also really excited to welcome our newest patrons, Skylar, Samantha R., Samantha G., Jen, Casey, Katie, Hillary, Joe, Brian, TH Ponders, and Robin. Robin, you and the 274 other folks supporting us on Patreon are bringing us to Spaghetti Warehouse. I am so excited for Spaghetti Warehouse. I was just telling Jake on the ride home from the dinner I just came from. um, And he looked at me. He was like, because I was making all of our usual spaghetti puns. Spaghost. (laughs) Spaghetti. And he looked at me. He goes, meat booze. (laughs) And I'm, I'm just, I'm upset with our, like, I'm upset with us that we didn't come up with that ourselves. Yeah, that's how I felt about boo tie when oh, the first one of us realized that. Yeah, God damn um, it. but actually, believe it or not, that's not the most exciting announcement that we have in this uh, that is intro. True. So I, I mean, know, it's stay up tuned. There. It's up there. It is up there. It's up there. Um, I bet that our supporting producer level patrons, though, never miss a ghost Italian food pun. Um, That would be Philip, Julie, Christina, Eeyore, Josie, Amara, Ella, Neil, Jessica, Maria, Ryan, Phil Fresh, and Deborah, as well as our legend level patrons who always sit in the trolley car in Spaghetti Warehouse. Of course. Elisa, Zoe, Lorelei, Cassie, Sarah, Sandra, Audra, Mercedes, Jack, and Leanne. Oh, man, you guys just, you know, all the haunted places in all of the haunted Italian chain restaurants. That's just, you're that cool. You're that cool. Absolutely. And um, completely not haunted. Our sponsors this week, Skillshare and Backblaze, will tell you all about it in the mid-roll. But if you want a little preview, you can head to Skillshare.com slash spirits for your premium subscription at only 99 cents for two months and Backblaze.com slash spirits to get unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs. No scary ghosts in this computer. And that's a 15-day free trial at backblaze.com slash spirits. Amanda, did you read or listen to anything cool this week? Oh, yes. Uh, Finally, after about a year and a half of being told by spirits listeners that I would really enjoy the Rivers of London series by Ben Aronovich, I did. And it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's a great kind of magic. It's very physical, very elemental, all the stuff I love. Um, love And it's at London, which is amazing. So check it out. Rivers of London. So like we said before, Amanda, we're almost at episode 100. It's true. It's almost October, which is the coolest and creepiest time of the year. So I think think we're going to do something special. We sort of thought to ourselves, like, what would be cooler than... New Spirits merch. New Spirits merch. So our new merch line is coming out on October 17th. And trust us, you are going to love it. We have seen it. We promise. It is amazing. And as a thank you to all of you whose support helped us get not just to the Spaghetti Warehouse goal, but to this milestone as well, we are giving all patrons who support spirits at the $4 level or above a 20% off discount code for our entire merch store. So no matter how long you've been with us, all patrons who are pledging $4 per episode or more as of October 17th are eligible for this discount. But this offer is only available for the next three weeks. So after the merch launches, we won't be offering a discount of this size again. So this is your opportunity to pledge to us or to up your existing pledge. Or if you're at that level already to be like, yo, yeah, I'm the best. And uh, that'll be coming your way on the 17th. 
What exactly is this amazing merch that is dropping, you may ask? Well, all things in due time, but we will be dropping hints in every episode between now and October 17th. I don't know. We just need a little mystery for October. We always do. It's just, it's an exciting time. Like, it's your birthday on the 8th. Um, We have a live show on the 14th, new merch on the 17th, and then uh, it finishes in Halloween. Like, what a month. Oh, and Amanda quit her job this week. So this is her first day as a full-time podcaster. And this is 100% thanks to your support uh, that any of this is possible. That Amanda and I can do this full-time, just live in our lives, live in our spirits, creepy cool lives. It is super exciting. I'm wearing um, one of our Old Spirits t-shirts right now as we record. Um, and I, I don't know what it's like not to have a day job um, and just do creative stuff at night and on the weekend. So I am so, so, so grateful and excited. Um, and we're, we're really happy to share this milestone with y'all um, by launching some merch that I think people are going to really love. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash spirits podcast to check out our first merch hint, which is up now, and to pledge your support for our future. So thank you. We love you. And now it's time for the episode, Amanda. All right. Enjoy Spirits Podcast, episode 96, Ghost Stories with Paul Bay. All right, we are joined this week by a very special guest, someone who has induced plenty of nightmares in my life, which I appreciate very much so as someone who loves a good horror, dark suspense trope. Uh, Paul Bay, who is the co-creator and co-producer of The Black Tapes and also the producer and creator of The Big Loop. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's our absolute pleasure. (laughs) Uh, So, Paul, I guess... I guess we can probably get started just like kind of airing out the fact that you have some of the the funniest and also creepiest Twitter threads I've ever followed on the website, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Thanks. I think it's you, you you reach a certain age, and uh, we've gone through enough careers that you've experienced. You're like, oh, these are actually funny stories with some hindsight. Scary at the time, and a, li- a little a little fucked up, but with hindsight, it's it's hilarious. Much like my college years, I understand. <laughs> it's at the point now where every time something crazy happens to me, I, I even even though it's unpleasant, at the moment I'll actually be able to think, this is going to be really funny 10 years from now. <laughs> Maybe not in a month from now, but yeah. 10 years at least. <laughs> uh, so I guess I kind of want to get started with uh, just... I mean, you you create some really spooky stuff. I guess I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about like what the inspiration was, maybe to start with for the black tapes, and then some of your episodes of the Big Loop. So sure. if you yeah. want to get us started with that, I, th- I think I've I've had this thing about uh, ghost stories. Like I've always liked telling stories, just any type of story since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I when I got to university, uh, we didn't have cable. Uh, we went to McGill in Montreal, and my roommates and I didn't have cable because we didn't have enough money. And so sometimes, some evenings we'd be drinking and we'd all be dateless. Uh, I'd just start telling ghost stories and just make it up as I go along. And if <laughs> I could just read from their faces, if they're scared, I'd just keep going. I'm like, oh, this is a good thread to go down. And then I'd choose one of them and ch- just make it so that he won't be able to sleep in his room that night. <laughs> like if I could do that, it's been, it's been a success. And if that doesn't work, I'll hide in his room later in the week and scare the shit out of him. That is wonderful. I was going to say, it's a very it's a very pure form of pranking, but especially if you follow it up with an, uh, a physical prank, that's kind of like the best of both. Yeah, my best friend, uh, who's still my best friend, Handel, um, he, I, I told him the story about this weird French-Canadian goblin that are known to haunt these old, old apartments. 
and they're like sort of bald in the head and really small and just jump out at you. And he thought it was scary. Um, I don't really remember the story part, but I remember thinking, <laughs> I'm going to word it so that after one of his showers, he won't expect it if I'm in his closet hiding behind the clothes. Oh, my <laughs> God. So he came, he came out. I guess he had his towel on. And uh, I was in his closet. And I was just, I must have been in there 20 minutes. And it was September, so it was really hot still. I remember sweating. And I remember thinking, is he ever going to come get his clothes? And then I was thinking, oh, God, what is he doing? What's taking him so long? So one of those thoughts, like, you know, we're mm-hmm. all young men. Oh, thank God we didn't have computers in our room back then. And, so, <laughs> and then finally I hear his footsteps and he opens the thing and he starts looking through his clothes. I just waited for him to get to my section. And I, and I had a, a bandana on. And so my head was oh my bald and just in a flash from the darkness. And I just sort of, even before I was able to say boo, I remember him sort of like yelping, like a weird, really weird scream. I've never heard a, a guy do this. Like it was like a, a howl almost and he went back his eyes rolled back in his head he did like a 360 against his desk and then he fell backwards onto his bed and his towel fell off so then i got scared and so it was, yeah that's that's how it all started that's that's wonderful i really really like that it's true dedication to creeping your friends out it's very on brand the funny part is um i did that once every two days after that because i realized how much fun it was and our, our roommates <laughs> our roommates would howl just hearing him scream. And oh he, he got better at not screaming. I sort of got conditioned towards it. And so I guess he wanted to get me back. And one, one day my roommate sort of rolls his eyes and he goes, hey, maybe, maybe. He, asked, he sent me on some stupid errand in my room and I could tell he didn't want to do it. So I went to my room and in my bay window, I could see the silhouette of my roommate handle. Just sort of like standing there with his arms above his head waiting to scare me. He didn't realize that his, his silhouette would show through the curtains. <laughs> oh my so goodness. I, I, I grabbed one of my boots and I just chucked it at him. And then I hear this, ow! And I'm like, you, got, you're, you suck as a ghost. And then I realized one day I'm going to write a story about a funny ghost or a really screwed up ghost. <laughs> I think throwing yes. boots at ghosts is probably the best method of getting rid of them. Right? It's like yeah. a, it's a proven exorcism quality. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then w- when I got to uh, uh, high school teaching, I realized, oh, I got this gift of uh, telling stories uh, sort of extemporaneously. Like, I don't, it's great because I don't have to lesson plan then on a Halloween. <laughs> so if I had my English kids in, it became a thing with every Halloween. It became this thing after over... Uh, over 12 years, it's called the Hour of Horror, where all these kids from other classes would pack my classroom. And every Halloween, no matter what, they'd all brace themselves. Okay, this is all bullshit. Mr. Bay's about to tell us an hour of bullshit. Don't fall for it. And then every year, I would still, I'd still hook him and, and, <laughs> and convince him that this, this, uh, there's fucked up things in this world. And so the first year That's was amazing. ghosts, next year was demons, next year was like weird things in our school. Oh, um, dang. The last school I... And you got to change it up because students talk to each other and they will pass on last year's final and they will also pass on last year's Halloween story. Well, the funny thing is the last school I taught at uh, Templeton that I told these ghost stories at, um, I told this story about the, uh, someone, uh, one of the kids, something happened on the third floor girl's bathroom. I had never been in that girl's bathroom, but I took a guess because it's a public school. I go, mm-hmm. you guys ever been up there? Like, ladies, do you know, like, do the lights flicker? And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, right? So I just took a guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a public school. We know. <laughs> yeah, and I go, you know how there's never enough toilet paper? And they're like, oh my God, yes. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'll just make up shit. And I'm like, you know how there's like a bunch of, there's a middle stall? And I, I don't know how many stalls there were, but apparently the, everyone knew what the middle stall was. Mm-hmm. And like, you know that really creepy there's stall? There's always a middle. And they all, yeah. you know, they all sort of like, they, there could have been two stalls. and they, But there's something about a group dynamic where they look at each other and go, oh, yeah, we know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that was kind yeah. of fun. And then, um, I guess I told them the story, but every year at the end of the hour, I would always say, and by the way, 
not a word of what I said was true. Then they all go, ah, a lot of fun, happy Halloween, go off on your way. <laughs> But one year、um, for the grade nine class, I, the, the bell went, and I forgot to do that last part. No. And it was a Friday. So on the Monday,、Uh-oh. I got into school, and my principal was so upset at me because she, she played with me all these voice messages from angry parents <laughs> whose kids were really upset about all these stories.、No. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, the,、uh, there's a Black Tapes episode about. Uh, how to conjure demons.、Mm-hmm. And there's, there's this librarian who has a lot of fun saying the names of the demons.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, you don't even have to say it, just think these names and they'll just come up. With it. Isn't this a lot of fun? And that character is based on me and what I did to the classroom. I would say, <laughs> I would do it. And these kids are putting their fingers in their ears going, la, 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 la. You know. Wow. And high school, too.、Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Those, those influential freshmen, because grade nine is freshman year for us in the US. And oh man, I'm just thinking about how freaked out I would have been as a 14 year old.、Yeah. That would have been bad. That would have been in like the, the lore that's passed along to you when you go from middle school to high school, right? Where, where、yeah. they're like, oh yeah, I know this teacher's really bad. And like gym class, you know, the volleyball tournament is the worst. And <laughs> oh yeah, no, Mr. Mr. Bay's Halloween, you gotta, gotta be there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. If you go to the、uh, Facebook Templeton group, the Templeton High School, Um, there's an old thread that popped up said, you know, is our school haunted? And then all these stories were the <laughs> stories I had told, but I'd left teaching already. And then one of my former yeah. yeah, one of my students, uh, uh, her name's Julia. She went on, she goes, LOL, I was in that class. Mr. Bay makes these up every year. And then I thought she was going to win the battle, but then other kids, like way younger, says, no, 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 this, is, this goes way beyond before Mr. Bay. Uh, they、wow. started in the 1950s and they're taking my stories and recontextualizing them and mythologizing、oh、we them. Don't,、uh, we don't often hear about the origin of urban legends,、yeah. but this is it. You quite literally created、it. some. That's amazing. Yeah, because I was too lazy to do a lesson plan for Halloween. <laughs> That's such a good reason to have an urban legend. It's so、like、good. Every great, every great thing in society that lasts. Stems from laziness, like you know, our technology.、Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't want to mail a thing, let's, let's create a digital email thing. You know, everything stems from laziness, including stories. That checks out. That checks out. I like it. We're too lazy to like convince our children to go to sleep, so we tell them stories so that they'll go to sleep anyway.、Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> wow. No,、oh, yeah. that, was, that was so good.、Um, I, let me think. I have a, another question, I'm sure.、Um, unless you have one, Amanda, then go for it. No, I mean, I'm, I'm almost curious to hear、uh, some of the stories that you think are like the most perfectly constructed urban legends. Like, what creeps you out?、Um, remember the,、um, I don't know if you, if, if, if you remember this TV show that was on ABC called、um, That's Incredible. And it was,、no. uh, it was early found、so. footage stuff. And it was, it was like,、um, it was almost like the Guinness, it was like part Guinness Book of World Records.、Mm-hmm. And they would show these, this guy could grow his beard to like 20 feet. And it'd show the video footage,、right. and we'd be like, whoa. And this was,、um, I think, late 70s.、Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember watching these, but then they showed、um, the, probably the first security camera footage I'd ever seen in my life. And there was a notorious, I want to say Missouri, but there's this Toys R Us uh, store. Uh, Toys R Us, th- I'm pretty sure it's St. Louis. And it has a security camera, and apparently the, these children ghosts uh, <laughs> uh, haunt the, haunt the aisles of this Toys、oh、R Us. God. So they set it up really、Uh-oh. creepily, but then again, I was 10 years old or whatever. So、mm-hmm. I, it scared me. And it showed a tricycle going across the, the <laughs> aisle. And it's all creepy black and white grainy footage,、uh, dolls starting up. You remember those old、um, monkey dolls with the,、uh, playing the drums?、Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole, yeah, no, a whole no section、good. of them started、I'm、playing.、Um, oh my God.、Uh, <laughs> and this is pre Furby, too. Furbies were the worst、mm-hmm. for me in that regard. Yeah, that's You'd a like, whole thing. You'd throw them down the stairs. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that that uh that kind of stuff gets to me. Also, um, Koreans have a lot of urban legends that mm-hmm. make it into the North American context. So one of my favorite stories ever involved um, and it makes sense for Korean kids because it's like if you say it in I want the first time I said it I said it in the Korean way. And my own students in Vancouver were like, what are you talking about? Why were they in high school on a weekend? Who studies on a weekend in a high school? <laughs> so, the story goes where it's like, you, you know, this, this, like two chemistry students, they need to study for their big entrance exams for university. They're all, the, the, the teacher, their favorite teacher, lets them into the high school on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they're there and they're goofing around. And then all of a sudden at night, uh, this woman, this girl, that they, this very pretty girl taps on the outside window and she says she needs help and she's sick. And, nope. Right, that kind of thing. And then she walks away uh, into the fog. And then as they get back to studying and they're teasing the guy, you should have asked her for a number. They realize, oh my God, we're on the third floor. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, those are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but I hated it when I, I remember the first time I told it, I included it in my hour of horror for one of my classes. Mm-hmm. And it was grade eight. And they're like, why are they there on a Saturday? Who, like, <laughs> what, where was the teacher? Like, that's so irresponsible. You'll understand when you do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. You'll get there. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's that reminds me there's a lot of like just really good Japanese urban legends that I'm obsessed with and a lot oh, of yeah. them are like focused around schools and haunted bathrooms and just like that sort of general kids being haunted by ghosts of other kids and oh, I yeah. just I love that so much. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I've got one uh a Japanese urban legend, not, not sort of like a Japanese myth that I kind mm-hmm. of made up based on something historically that happened in Japan. And I got this amazing Japanese actress that I just cast like an hour ago for The Big Loop. There we go. Right? So I, I, you, you'll, 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 it'll be the first episode of season two. So okay. just, just remember this conversation when you hear it. You were like, oh, that's I, the one Paul was talking about. I will not ask for spoilers, but yeah. if you want to give us some, we won't be bad about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Yeah, as, as theater kids, the um, mystique of, weekend at school was totally gone for me like I I was almost relieved to be at school on a weekend because there would be other kids around and it was like oh finally I can get here early and like get some work done ah, oh, come on. Right. <laughs> Amanda constantly uh constantly doing work when she doesn't need to uh since 2006 <laughs> yeah thereabouts <laughs> yeah, right about there <laughs> well both of you are involved in so many podcasts yeah, we, we, we do. We do so many things. <laughs> I know. When I left work today, I said to my boss, all right, on to my other job. And he was like, didn't you just record? And I was like, I never stop We're recording always podcasts. Recording. It never <laughs> ends. That's our urban legend. We're going to only become voices in the future. One day our, our physical Maybe. bodies will just disappear and then it'll just be our, our ghost voices. Oh, that's, 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 cre- yeah, maybe, that's, that's creepy now that I say it. Yeah. <laughs> or perhaps like, we have to keep talking in order to retain our physical forms. And so we just have to like keep coming up with stuff to talk about or else our bodies will slowly dissipate. Like oh. sharks, but voices. Have you ever had a dream where, you, where it slowly revealed that you're the ghost in the dream? No. No, Paul, that's not a thing that we've had before, but please tell us. Oh God, I remember one of the most, fu- I get a lot of very vivid dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. And, and they're very, well, I read them uh symbolically after the fact but Mm -hmm. this one dream it wasn't symbolic at all just a fucked up dream i remember watching like this family look i guess it was an open house like i had the feeling i'm in an open house and i'm staring i'm sitting here in this second floor looking overlooking this uh, massive foyer with a chandelier in front of me looking down at these people looking at this open house i'm like okay and it's a dream so i'm not questioning why why i'm there because i don't Mm -hmm. know it's a dream 
And these people start coming up and they're looking around and I'm thinking, okay, well, they're getting closer to me. Why can't I move? And they get closer and they're inspecting the walls and this one gentleman gets closer and closer. I'm like, I'm thinking, he's very uncomfortably close to me and not even acknowledging my existence. And he starts right. looking around me and as if he noticed something, I'm like, oh, what's he looking at? Is something behind me? And I couldn't, I couldn't move. And he gets right in front of me. And as he's looking around, he's sort of staring at my face, but he's getting uncomfortably close. And I'm like, why is he staring at me? So I moved forward, but it felt like my face was going through a water barrier, like, mm-hmm. like through a barrier. Wow. And as soon as I popped through that barrier, his eyes went wide and he screamed and he just took off. <gasps> and I'm like, and I, I was crying. I remember thinking, why did he do that? And after a while, when I woke up, I realized, oh my God, that was a ghost dream. I'm the ghost. I had my own uh, sixth sense thing. Oh my God. Wow. That is intense. That is so cool. That was one of the greatest the dreams I've ever had. detail. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like I'm just so blown away. I'm blown away by that. But Amanda. I know. Like I, I love, you know, we talk often about like liminal spaces mm-hmm. um, and how that kind of like border. I mean, that's where all urban legends live, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the border between um, the the like seen and the unseen and the real and the maybe not real. Um, and I, I love particularly that like really physical aspect that your brain supplied yeah. of, you know, because ghosts must, you know, feel something or or experience something when they move from the invisible to the visible. Oh, that's just so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember playing with that space with my eyeball, like trying to get as close to as possible while staying in that zone where it's just my eyeball. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, You're such a good mm-hmm. investigator, even even as a ghost in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted so badly to have that dream again or a sequel to it, and I haven't been able to do it. Oh, yeah. that's It's always hard to like, I, I can think of so many dreams where I was like, oh, okay, I really liked that dream. And then I wake up and I'm like, no, I can go back to sleep and kind of, get in from where I started and it never works out the way I want it to. I got to get better at the, you can like supposedly train yourself to do what's it called, Amanda, when you can influence the dream, lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. I I can't do it though. I've tried so many times, but uh, I wish I could. My friend George trained himself to do it. Uh, He's one of my roommates from McGill and I asked him how he did it. He said uh, in his real life, his waking life, he'll look at something and he'll look away from it. Then he'll look back at it. And he, he does that regularly. I don't know if he does it anymore, but back then mm-hmm. he did. So that when he's dreaming, it's a habit. He'll look at something, look away, look back. And if it's gone, he re- automatically knows I'm now dreaming. Oh, interesting. Ooh. And he's, he's probably the smartest guy I ever met. So he could do it. I tried it, but I think it lasted like five minutes where I'm like, <laughs> okay, look, look away, look. Uh, hey, look, what's on TV? Or what's on, you know, it's just a time to scare handle. Yeah, well, the idea of, of, a, of a totem, right? Where, like, it's it's something that you know how it acts in the physical world, but in the dream world, the rules are different. Mm. Uh, oh, man, I wish. I don't have, I don't really remember my dreams at all, um, which is nice for just kind of turning off and going to, to you know, just resting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is pretty wild. Whenever I, like, think too hard about the brain, I'm like, okay, so if I can think about my brain, then what am I? Like, what is doing the thinking? The fact that like, we don't really know how dreams work and it, we spend a third of our lives in that space, like, uh, human beings are are crazy. <laughs> so outside of dreams, do you have any IRL, paranormal, urban legend experiences? Uh, yeah, I got tons. Um, Hit us with your favorite first. <laughs> my favorite one? Okay, mm-hmm. so... Um, or the weirdest. We'll take either. Those are both good. <laughs> I, I remember in, I think it was grade 12, grade 11 or grade 12, uh, I came home and I did the usual. I, I walked through the front door and I said, hey, mom. And I heard, hey. And then I went and did my normal thing. And maybe about 20 minutes later or half an hour later, I, I yelled out to my mom, is there anything to eat? And no one answered. 
I went looking for her. She wasn't there. And the house was empty. So I, I'm like, I got the sneaking suspicion. So I called my mom at her work, not, expect, cause she, not expecting her to be there because I thought she was in the house. Mm-hmm. And she answered. And this oh, is on the no. other side of town. I said, hey, mom, did you, did you leave the house after I came home? She goes, no, I've been working all day. And I'm like, is, is grandma home? Is, like, is she visiting from Toronto? She goes, no, no one's there. So I, I you know, I, I grabbed uh, uh, my baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking around the house everywhere and then my brother came to the front door and he goes what the hell are you doing i could see you from the sidewalk walking up with, like looking around like a maniac with a baseball bat <laughs> i told him what happened he goes dude that happened to me recently too so he what? grabbed a golf club and we went looking everywhere uh in the house oh my god and um nothing but this this house was really weird all my friends swear we lived in a haunted house because when we first purchased this house um do you, do you use the term crawl space in the states yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like not quite a basement. Exactly, right? You got to crouch mm-hmm. in. And it was, a, it was a huge crawl space. Took up half the house. And I remember when we were looking to purchase the house, when you walk in on the left-hand side in the middle of nowhere, like against the wall, was like a five foot by five foot room with its own roof inside the crawl space. And it had a door that could only open in. And it had like a little sauna bench. And it freaked us out because if you if you closed it, if you lock, if you if you're in the inside and you closed it, you, like there's no lock, but there's no door handle on the inside. There's, so there's no way to open it for you. Like you're trapped. Yeah, that sounds like a murder room, Paul. Right. That sounds so, like a murder room. It's it's really weird. So Yikes. you know, my dad didn't like it. So when we bought the house, uh, my dad, my brother, and me tore it down, and we just tore it to pieces. And I remember uh-huh. that outline was always still there. And mm. I would always joke, you know, if we if we dug a little deeper, I bet we we find a teddy bear in the cement, right? I'd always joke and try to pick up my brother. Uh-oh. And uh, anyways, one day we got our first Ouija board and we played with it oh, in the okay. rec room right by the entrance to that crawl space and it fucking worked. Like, I know. Oh, it, no. It, it worked because I was asking it historical questions and my brother, I don't want to say he's not a good student, but he's like, <laughs> he just doesn't know history, right? Like, sure, sure. His other strengths. Yeah, exactly. I'd ask, where did you die? Uh, Poland, when? Uh, 1943 and then I looked at my brother I'm like when was World War II and he goes uh, 1977 <laughs> I'm like okay okay so this- uh, not right but okay <laughs> yeah so I'm like okay it's not him messing around it was so smooth I remember our, our fingers barely touching it and it almost moved on its own wow so there was a lot my, of that kind my of stuff. question is why was a ghost to, uh, in Poland here in your house my guess is it, it jumped upon, aboard a ship and mm-hmm. somehow made its way across to escape the war Maybe it was embodying some yeah. sort of like physical object that ended up in the house or something like that. Ooh, exactly. That was my thought too. Mm-hmm. It kind of like can manifest. Well, I, I didn't even think about that. So thank God you and I weren't friends at the time or else I would have burnt down that house. <laughs> it's that teddy bear that you never found. Oh, there it oh, is. Oh, no. Um, the crazy part is the house I live in now, thinking back to that episode, I wrote, I wrote this little story that went semi-viral about a haunted high school. Mm-hmm. And the, the big conclusion involved a room that looked exactly like that. And mm. on the inside of the door, there were fingernail marks. And they found dried fingernails in the cement and that kind of stuff, right? Always good. Yikes. Right? That's pretty good. No big deal. <laughs> so we bought the house. We're about to buy the house. And they had a crawl space. And it had and that exact door. Like from the story. What? Canada, In why? the house you bought? <laughs> I, I, Canada, what I, are I you doing? Know. Canada, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife ended up uh, making me. Uh, get rid of that room and we renovated yeah. Well, yeah one would hope <laughs> she sounds smart 
<laughs> so that's probably right. my favorite one, just because it, it involves my brother and me. I like stories that involve my brother and me mm-hmm. uh, doing these types of things. Because he's easier to freak out than you. <laughs> uh, used to be. Now okay. nothing scares him, and uh, and it's because of me. Like no, no, nothing. nothing <laughs> you desensitized him. <laughs> I remember uh, in grade, I think it was first year university. I was I was back for the summer, and I went. The rec room downstairs was now his room. Uh, he was in senior high school. I came downstairs on a f- late Friday night or Saturday. I remember from the outside, I, the TV lights were on, but every other light was off. And he was watching The Exorcist by himself with all oh. the lights off. And I'm, like, good, what good, you, good. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, this movie used to scare me. It's, it's really funny now. And so <laughs> I, to this day, he hasn't seen a, a movie that scares him like from that time. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I will give him credit. That is pretty cool. I think you're a good brother. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I take all the credit for it um really as well you should as a true a true sibling would yeah all right so what what's the like experience that freaked you out the most just like given that you've had a bunch of paranormal experiences what's the one that like to this day scared the crap out of you um so after my divorce in like the late 90s Mm -hmm. i was in a messed up place and uh I'm a guy who likes camping by himself. I did that all, I've done that my whole adult life. I just go out for like five days at a time, find a very remote location. And back in my Christian days, I would sit out there and just feel God's presence, you know, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was very into that kind of thing. Uh, when I divorced, I was an atheist. So I'm like, but, but the habit of going outside still was in me. So I drove from Vancouver and I, I, my plan was just keep driving until I find a spot where I can be alone for like five days. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in the northern, um, what is that, uh, the Redwood Forest, Smith River National Forest, or mm-hmm. Smith, River Sta- uh, Smith River State Forest uh, on the northern California coastline. And the ranger told me, oh, you're in luck. It's pouring rain, of course, so you got the whole park to yourself. There's not a single human being in this whole park except you. I don't know if that's so luck. So you turned around ranger Rick <laughs> went home. <laughs> so I was, I was really happy about that. So I went in, I remember drove, driving to the most remote location uh, in that park. I set up camp, and at night I saw one of those swinging lanterns. You know those old-fashioned lanterns? <gasps> yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It just no. swung along a path. So I'm like, well, fuck me. So I grabbed my hatchet. Uh, I grabbed the knife uh, that I put in my waist uh, pocket thing, and I grabbed my flashlight, and I walked all the way towards where the lantern was because I need, there's no oh. way I'm gonna, there's no way I'm going to sleep knowing that's out there. You know what I mean? Like. Like, I, I, it was too late to drive away, and I was drunk by this point. Oh, my God. Because I've been drinking by myself. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Just wait in my tent? Because he knows where I am because I had a fire going. So I'm like, I got, I have to go to him. So I went all the way to where I saw the light, which was like um, maybe a half kilometer. Uh, and I remember walking and trudging away. And it was super dark. It was super rainy. And remember, I remember halfway thinking, hey, this is, is this really my best option right now? Like, no. Right? <laughs> And I remember no, it stopping. <laughs> I remember um, the sound of the bushes nearby. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Come on. So I just started yelling, like, come on. You know, just trying oh to scare the guy. <laughs> no, because if you think about it, like, to me, this guy was a psycho. But maybe to him, I was the psycho, right? You, like, you I, were in, just in the forest by yourself. So, like, if I came across someone camping in the middle of the forest at night, I would assume that they were crazy. But that's yeah, just Yeah, right? Me. It's pouring rain. I got a huge hatchet in my hand, a knife in my belt on the Someone's going to murder someone. Exactly. So I, it was nothing. I, I kept walking. I couldn't. I saw camp, like an empty camp spot where the lantern was. Like it was the last camp spot, but there was no tent. Oh no! And there was no person. I'm like, oh fuck! There's a ghost. <laughs> that was my drunk thinking. So I went back to my tent. I slept with my hatchet. Um, I didn't get Good much move. sleep that night because every little noise 
kept me, you know, stirred me awake. Oh, I mm-hmm. bet. The next day, I'm, fi- I'm fly fishing out on the river. And this guy from this other side where there's zero access. And he's in like army fatigues. He comes <gasps> bursting through the bushes. He's like, no, it, it was him. I'm like, he's like, dude, uh, are, is that you camping up there? I'm like, oh my where God. are you from? He goes, I'm, I'm camping way up there. And he's pointing. I'm like, were you walking around with a lantern? He goes, yeah. Were you walking around with a flashlight? I'm like, yes. And we both started laughing our asses off. Um, we'd scared the shit out of each other. And that burst of bushes I'd heard was him running away from me. <laughs> he oh my saw goodness. some psycho with a hatchet, maybe. Uh, screaming. I didn't know I was screaming. But he said I was like yelling like, come on, fucker. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So we scared. Uh, that's one of the funniest things that's ever happened. It was scary the night before, mm-hmm. but the next day was really, really funny. Wow. <laughs> so in my head, I was like, do not follow that lantern. It is a will of the wisp. It is going to oh, walk yeah. you <laughs> off a cliff and then you're going to die at the bottom of that cliff. So I would, I would never follow the light. <laughs> and I thought that when you saw the army man again, that he would be the ghost and he would be like, oh yeah, you know, how, how's like Korea going <laughs> or Vietnam or something? And, and be, you'd be like, uh. Can I be really honest with you too? Mm-hmm. I do not believe in ghosts at okay. all. Okay. Yeah. So, that's fair. Really? So that stuff doesn't scare me um, at, at all. Like mm-hmm. uh, probably the scariest thing where I thought, well, I could have, I could have, that was the closest call I ever had was that same, that same week. Um, I was, it was daytime. It was after that incident, so mm-hmm. I was really happy. So I'm walking, and I'm hung over, and I'm walking down towards this new trail that I found towards the river, and there was a bear right there. I turned a corner, there was a bear. Oh, dang. A uh, big black bear, and right away I thought, <gasps> ah, fuck. So this is where I'm going to die. I didn't tell anyone where I was. I'm going to be one of those missing people that you hear about. Like, And then my mind started racing, like, do I have my plates on? Will, it, will they be able to trace my body through my plates? You know, you're, when, you're, when you're thinking about <laughs> you're going to die, all these weird things go in your head. And then I remember turning to my right and I grabbed a bunch of leaves and I started eating them. Like just <laughs> oh. gently eating the leaves. And then the bear ignored me and just continued on his way. Like, he's like, what the fuck? I, I, I don't eat wow. clean food, too spicy. So he just, kept going. <laughs> he just kept going. And I ran back to my car and I remember laughing because in my pure panic of maybe being torn apart by a bear, I had accidentally accessed a memory of watching a National Geographic special on a mountain silverback gorillas. And the researcher said, if you want to survive an attack, eat leaves to show that you're not confrontational. So wow. in, my, in, my, in my panic memory, I mixed up gorillas and bears and, and ate all these leaves. I mean, it still worked out for you. It still seemed to yeah, work. Yeah, it worked. I, I, think it's just, I think bears just generally avoid humans. So I think that's what was going on. But uh, in my head, it was, that, that was, that's way scarier than any ghost to me like, <laughs> that's like that, that still affects my behavior to this day paul i have a question for you that is asked out of love okay why do you think you are this way <laughs> like, what did you love as a child what did you read what did you watch like where do you think this comes from i think i'm a, a bit extreme in terms of like or at least i used to be when i when i thought something was the truth i would pursue it to its logical extent mm-hmm. so when i when at 18 years old when i converted to christianity um I, I went whole hog. I read the Bible like five times. I, I, I woke up every I became a morning person. That was one thing that happened because right. I thought, mm-hmm. well, you should pray to my maker uh, to start the day. And I became one of those guys. And then when I became an atheist, I was like, well, there's nothing. So might as well just experience everything. But the one thing that stuck with me was uh, uh, this one teacher, uh, John Gibson, who taught me how to fly fish mm-hmm. because he knew I liked camping by myself. He goes, well, if you're going to be out there, might as well do something instead of drinking by the fire. 
uh, all That's night fair. by myself. Fair. It's creepy. Fair. <laughs> I'm like, it's good. And, and he taught me that. So I don't know. It's, it's just it's just my way of, um, like a lot of people, you know, you get the sense that life is not that long at all. Like it's really, really short. Mm-hmm. And so I try to squeeze as much out of each day. I know it sounds trite, but I, I really do try to squeeze as much out of each, like out of each day. Um, I'm one of those guys that if, if, right. I, if I have to do something that I really don't enjoy, it, it takes a lot out of me, more than the average person, I think. Like, I don't do well, like, doing stuff that I don't want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And so is the sort of, like, thrill of the, like, bodily thrill and the adrenaline and stuff of telling scary stories, is that something that you really like about them? I think I, 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 I there is an entertainer part of me. So I think I like watching people being entertained. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Because when I was a stand-up comedian, instead of scary to- stories, I just told funny stories, and that I just <laughs> I got as much a thrill out of that, right? Watching hundreds of people laughing at something I said was the same thrill as making like dozens of students freak out over a scary story that I thought <laughs> sure. of. Sure, right? Like very monsters Inc. of you. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the sucky <laughs> thing about podcasts is that I, I I make these stories with Terry, but I can't see the reaction. Yeah. Right. Right. Except on Twitter sometimes, but um. You know, it's it's not the same thing as the as the live uh, feedback. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. That's why I like talking to um, guests and also reading listener urban legends because it's sort of the opposite dynamic where, like, you know, I listen to my favorite hosts react to various things and I react to them laughing and whatever on the podcasts that I really like. But here, you know, audiences can hear us react to like their grandma's scary story. Yeah, which uh, which I I think is pretty neat. Yeah, the only the only feedback I get because my wife won't listen to the black tapes. Like she she doesn't like scary <laughs> stories at all. Uh-huh. Um, she loves the Big Loop, uh, and she's glad it's not scary. Um, but black tapes she refused to listen to. So the only real thrill I get in the writing of it is when I'm at the dining table with Terry, and we'll sit there, and I'll think of something scary, and he'll I, I'll watch his eyes, and he'll be like, "Oh my god!" And he'll tag it with something <laughs> scary, and then we'll high five over it. Right? <laughs> the best reaction to scary yeah. things and that's it and then, then we have to sit down and write it and that's that's okay but it's not as fun as the thrill of the first part the immediate reaction yeah because black tapes is a different uh writing animal than the big loop right mm-hmm. like uh, right, black right. tapes i'm just purely trying to entertain with that one absolutely Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to request a story from you just because it's one of my favorites that I've read. Would you mind telling us if you want just like a shorter version of the uh, Christian cult story? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> please, please. Yeah, it's my yeah. favorite. And I don't know if Amanda's uh, read it yet, but it's very, very good. I have not read it. But Julia, I think if I'm going to hear this, I'm going to need a refill. Absolutely. Jules, we are welcoming a new sponsor to the refill this week. Uh, Backblaze is unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs at just five bucks a month. Now, I have been a customer of Backblaze for like more than three years. They are the reason that my anxiety does not manifest around data loss because Backblaze is automatically backing up my photos, my documents, my music, all of my audio sessions for spirits every day in the background on the cloud. Again, just five bucks a month. If for some reason my computer were ever to fail or get lost or get damaged, they can mail me a hard drive. I can download it from their cloud and my data is safe no matter what. Uh, That sounds amazing and sounds like something I need immediately. Well, I have some good news, which is that you can go to backblaze.com slash spirits for a fully featured 15 
30-day free trial. And it really is unlimited. You can back up a literal unlimited amount of data, which for podcasters like us, where we're making gigabytes of data on the regular, it. it is really, really useful. Oh, that is amazing. Um, is there any like weird like cost structure or limits to it? No, there is not. It is unlimited data backed up at that fixed price. So all you have to do is go to backblaze.com slash spirits, get that 15 day free trial and try it out. Absolutely. So thank you, Backblaze. We're excited to welcome you to the show. And uh, thank you for keeping my data safe. Do you know what's just as cool as keeping data safe, Amanda? I don't know. Is it like learning and stuff? Yeah, it is learning and stuff. And that's why we love Skillshare. We really do. If you enjoy learning about design, business, technology, lifestyle stuff like crafts and culinary stuff, Skillshare is the online learning community for you. It has over 20,000 classes. With the premium membership, you get unlimited access to these high-quality classes on must-known topics. You can improve your skills. You can unlock new opportunities. And you can do what you love. So this week, Amanda, I am recommending the class Getting Started with Wine, Buying Smarter and Tasting More, which like, why you got to call me out like that, Julia? I know nothing about wine. (laughs) So if, listener, you are like Amanda and you go to a wine store and you have no clue what you're looking for, I feel like I'm putting you on blast a little bit here. Yeah, I sort of walk in and I'm like, I don't know, are there any like gay labels? I guess I'll get that one. Well, anyway, unless you really do want to pick your wine by gay label, which no judgment there, take this class. Uh, It breaks down the basics of wine. It helps you identify what to look for when you're tasting, selecting, and shopping for wine. So basically, you can be like, oh, well, you know, if I'm tasting a wine and I taste grassy notes, maybe I should go for more Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand. That makes sense. And this class teaches you all about that. That sounds awesome. I think I'm going to have to enroll. And if y'all want to take this class with me, you can go to Skillshare.com slash spirits to get two months of unlimited access to their more than 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. You know what definitely costs more than 99 cents, Amanda? Any bottle of wine. Correct. Yeah, I got it. But imagine the knowledge you're going to have about wine if you just go to Skillshare.com slash spirits and you spend that 99 cents and now you get two months of unlimited classes about how to pick out wine. It's insane. It's awesome. So thank you, Skillshare. Thank you again to Backblaze. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, the the cult story. Um, In 1992, I was a youth pastor for the United Church of Canada Mm -hmm. um, in Vancouver for a Korean congregation. And we had a separate congregation. So I was in charge of all the teenagers and college students. Mm -hmm. And my parents' generation were upstairs. Uh, They had an education department, and the education person, uh, she said, you know, we want to train you to be a a better youth pastor, a leader. We want to send you to this retreat in California uh, where they'll train your leadership skills. I'm like, yeah, you you guys are going to pay for it. That's cool. I'll do it. So I go down, and right away it was weird because uh, one of my friends, John, from another church in Vancouver was there, and then two other Vancouver people. Um, And then they, they made us change vans about four times on the way to wherever Uh-oh. we're going. So that's already a red Uh-oh. flag, right? <laughs> never go to a second location, never get into a second van. Yeah, and it, and it was really odd. Um, and the guy was, his personality was a bit off. You know when you meet someone, it's, you can't put your finger on it, but they're just a bit off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're looking at you a bit too much uh, in the face. I don't, I don't like direct eye contact with strangers. It, it put, throws me off. We get there. I remember there's like this, a double line, uh, like a human corridor of people with these Hawaiian lays. <laughs> 
and these guitars, and they're singing the song called De Colores in Spanish. So they're all Korean. These Korean Christians singing a Spanish song holding Hawaiian lays. So very multicultural, but mm-hmm. at the same time, very freaky. And I go down uh, off the bus, and they lay it on me over my head, and they're like, we love you, we love you. And I hear that for like a minute. And we get into the big auditorium, and it's, it's very weird. I get into my room, unpack. There's love notes everywhere. Like, we love you, Paul. Uh, God has sent you here. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little fucked up, but whatever. <laughs> I get into the thing, and I, the message is a bit off. And I, I was always um, uh, wary of cultish behavior mm-hmm. uh, because, I, you know, I grew up in the 70s so I, I, and the 80s, so there was a lot of cults on the news. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you are in the golden age of cults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was in my head. Um, I, I was a VP of a fraternity, Delta Cap Epsilon, and we ran purposely mind-altering uh, initiations to, to make them weak, to depend on you and actually right. do the initiation. Like I left the frat later on, but Ugh. I remember running those things and, and knowing purposely, you know, they cover the windows, take away their watches, dis- disorient their sense of time, make them dependent on you, and they will do anything you want. And that, most frats, I don't know if they do it anymore, but that's what frats did. Uh, it's pretty despicable. So when mm. I saw it happening to me, like all the windows covered, they make me take off my watch. I was like, well, this is fucked up. Yeah. Ooh, the watch is really bad. Yeah. And the other three Canadians and me slowly started to complain like, hey, how come you guys for, you know, tell us not to bring our Bibles? Why do you tell us to not take our watches? And we became sort of an issue for them. I guess they're not used to people complaining. And then I remember the first night got back to my room. And someone had been through all my stuff. All my clothes were folded out of my bag into the drawers. Oh, yikes. I had a love note on my pillow. It was saying, hey, Paul, uh, my underwear was folded. Like, they folded my <laughs> underwear <laughs> into oh, a no. drawer. My toothbrush was out onto the um, toothbrush holder. It was, it, they'd been through everything. It was obvious. And uh, Stay. It was so weird. <laughs> and it, it, that was one of the creepiest things I ever uh, experienced. So I was really angry. And so the next day going into it, I, I let my displeasure be known with the uh, higher ups. And I guess every single thing I did after that, they, they would follow me. And it was always these big muscular Korean guys that would just follow me. Like I go to, I go to the bathroom. Go, okay. Then a big muscular Korean guy would escort me to the bathroom and watch me from the back as, I, as I'm at the, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Oof. Really creepy. And then they said, okay. And then they really, really um, sort of like indoctrinated people into like, the reality of angels and demons fighting over our heads. Like, like they meant literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, angels and demons were fighting a war over our heads outside of this auditorium. And the only reason they can't get in the auditorium is because of the power of our prayer. And everyone's like really into this, like nodding and praying and, you know, whispering in Korean. I'm like, I'm looking at the other three and they're looking at me like, we're all like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then we, we're, they said, we're gonna go to the other prayer auditorium. I'm like, okay, here we go. No, no, no. That's no. now Second a, a third location, which is not good. Oh, this Uh-oh. one was really creepy because it was nighttime. And when we left, there was, again, the corridor, the double row uh, of, of humans, like Oof. Koreans, with flashlights um, <gasps> sort of over our heads. So you have, if you imagine like a lit archway, uh, lit, yeah. you know, they're, and they're holding the flashlights with two hands over their heads and they're bowed in prayer. And he said, I'm going to, the pastor Kim, David Kim, I'll never forget his name. He ended up being a cult leader later on. He's like... Uh, Later gonna... on, like he wasn't one now. No, that, that was the beginning. That, <laughs> this was that just was... his warm-up cult, Julian. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, that was uh, that was college cult. That, he hasn't been called up to the pros yet. So <laughs> gotcha. he is. Uh, he, he's going to create a corridor of prayer for us and protect us as angels and demons fought. And he even said something stupid like, "Don't look up while you're walking because if you look up, you might see a demon trying to reach." You know, really stupid shit. 
And I'm thinking, like, this is amateur ghost time, ghost story time, because even like it's not even as a ghost story, it's not it's not fun mm-hmm. or, or scary. So we're going through, and all these people are, like praying and whispering and speaking in tongues as we're walking through them, and we get to this auditorium, uh, and every four, three, three or four seats had a box of tissue. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck me, this is here we go. And my friends are like, what? What do you think is gonna happen? I'm like, well, they're gonna. I've I've seen this kind of thing. They're gonna start bringing up people, and they're gonna tell real stories about their family's experience with cancer and, 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 and suicide and, and, and like, you know, all these, the, think of the saddest things that have happened. They're going to tell these stories and it's all going to end with Jesus save me. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cry. And then he's going to distort the message and make us do something. Right. And yeah, so, right. After the physical disorientation yeah. to make the, like your experience of the stories that much more like, I don't know, enrapturing. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to whittle you down as they have been. And then they're finally going to make you emotionally dependent and, and feel this great outpouring right. of love uh, for each other and f- make us all into like this brother-sisterhood thing. So, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and then by the end, everyone's weeping except us four Canadians. And the guy at the front, the David Kim, comes out with this backlit thing. So you couldn't even see him. He just had his out- hands outstretched like Jesus and saying, just praying, but he never said in Jesus' name. He said, pray, come to me. And it was really weird. And, uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, so that's the night we said, we've got to get the fuck out of here. So we went back to our dorms, and we'd forgotten that they changed the combo to get into the building every day. Oh, no. And the quiet one among us, uh, her, oh, I, I, can, I can say her name, Ji Young. She was the quiet one among us. She slowly makes her way through the three guys and goes, do-do-do-do-do. She had been watching the code quietly. Oh, my God. So she yeah. the mainframe. She didn't, she didn't have much contribution during the whole time except her quiet dignity. Like mm. the three guys were always panicking like, and getting angry. And she would calm us down like, hey, guys, just, 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 well, let's just watch for a bit. Right? And finally at the end, she, when Very we really smart. needed someone with skill, she's like, do, 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 do. It was awesome. That's your, that's your like climax in the movie version of this. Oh, it was, it was too good. So we got in we, we, and we met at the back of the building and we started running for the fence. We got to the fence, helped each other up. And we didn't know where we were, so we're just in the field. So we just ran across the field. It was like forever. Probably 10 minutes, uh, 20 minutes max. Ended up at a gas station in the middle of nowhere. And it's one of those gas stations where it's like, you know, it's like, a, it's like, a, a, like it looked like Iowa, what you imagine Iowa to be with a lit gas station like on Edward one side Hopper of a lot. Painting. And, a, and, a, and, yeah. a, and a telephone booth in the, in the far corner. All right. And so we went to the uh, phone booth. I called my cousin. She goes, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. So we had to send my friend Dennis all the way to the station to ask, where are we? And he comes hopping it back, tells us, and my cousin's like, what the fuck? What are you doing out there? So it took her two hours to drive out to wherever we were. Um, I think Good cousin. Yeah, she was great, right? Um, so she picked us up, and that, that was it. And then I met, through that, I met my other cousin who put us up, who was the first woman in California to pass the U.S. Marines motorcycle safety test. Like, she was like Whoa. a kick this, this whole week was like a, a, a week of kick-ass women. For us yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and the three of us were just these angry, emotional guys. They're like, we're not going to take it. <laughs> Saved by wow. all the ladies in your life. I like that. Yeah. What happened to Pastor Kim, though? What, what was his, uh, his like, adult cult? Um, so, well, this, I didn't have, I, I don't think there was internet at the time. So, I don't remember seeing that. I just remember my friend sending me a news clipping uh, from Los Angeles, like, years later, about him getting in trouble and he had to go back to Korea or something like that. Oh, dang. Yeah. Uh, it was wow. like kicking Korea people like, out of a country is real. Well, Korea's got like the most Christian cults per capita of any other industrialized nation. Really? Um, yeah, there's so many Christians in Korea, but there's so many Korean cults because of that. 
Wow. Whoa, that's so interesting. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. I want to know more about those. I'm I'm sure someone out there has done a paper. Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That was really, really good. There were so many good stories in there. I'm kind of overwhelmed by the amount of like just excellent storytelling that just happened. Well, you know what the crazy part is? I've always wanted to write this, but whenever I write it, it's like, yeah, but it's not dangerous. Like none of it was ever dangerous or anything. It was just Mm -hmm. me getting mad. (laughs) it was just scary and not super dangerous but also like upsetting so i I understand yeah you could do it into like an emotional suspense thriller kind of thing yeah (laughs) i think if you've never grown up around religion uh the way i have it's like it might strike you as scary um the sense of having no power in a situation that was frustrating right right um and then when they said we can't leave that was really frustrating but at no point were we any of us scared we were like just 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 full of rage that was it uh what they were doing to the bible what they were doing to these kids uh that were right. our age um yeah i guess that could be an interesting uh beginning to a narrative though where like then you see those people pop up again or other churches start doing like one of those behaviors like like you know there could be some kind of like uh sort of slow spread of uh this bad ideology or maybe a ghost oh the the, the guy who drove in the van the one that picked us up he moved to Vancouver and I ran into him a bunch of times. Oh my God. No. It was like, I always made sustained eye contact with him whenever I walked by him. Like, just like I know him, who you, you remember, are, yeah, motherfucker. Do you remember me, fucker? <laughs> it's the opposite of gorillas. You eat sticks around him to be like, hey, I can do whatever I want. Just chew on some rocks. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him because I looked at the, I remember I was with the other pastor, John. I'm like, hey, there's bad haircut guy. He goes, oh my God, he's still got the crazy look in his eye. <laughs> Yikes. Oh my gosh. But he ended up being, a, 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 I heard through the grapevine, like an okay youth leader. Mm-hmm. Like he'd calmed down. Like I guess, I guess all of them sort of figured out, okay, this is too much. Like on their own. That's, that's the ideal situation for a cult where everyone's like, you know what? This is kind of nuts. We should probably stop. <laughs> yeah. No need Which has happened shoes. a couple of times historically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, do you have any uh, stories, books, movies, other podcasts that you have been super creeped out by that you think are just like really great, well-constructed stories that people who like this kind of thing would also really like? Um, Besides the lactates, of course. Well, I've always been a, no, a big fan of No Sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all, all those stories. Like they, they've just been, whenever I need just a, a quick hour, <laughs> like of a scary story sure uh, I'll, just, I'll just go through them and just it's like a, it's like a cool little lottery thing like you don't even know what you're gonna get um <laughs> i like true. that feeling probably the one that creeped me out the most in the last year uh is alice from joseph fink yeah alice is dead yeah, yeah that's that a one, really good one the, the atmosphere of that one and the story the story yeah it's great but the atmosphere the way he produced it and the way he wrote it and just hearing her voice um something about her focus and the way things come from the periphery into that focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I like very narrow storytelling when it comes to scary stories. Like the narrower the focus, yeah. the scarier, the scarier the potential. Right? Then, right. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like a pair of headlights slicing through complete darkness. Uh, you know, exactly. the rest of it could be anything. And that sense of like vulnerability is so intense. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like listening to Badabook. Uh, Baba, Badabook? Is that Badabook? The Babadook? Babadook? Yeah, Babadook. That I gotcha. One, you got that claustrophobic sense because it's all from her point of view. Yeah. And anything outside of that point of view, like, is possible. Like, anything is possible. So Alice really gave me that sense mm-hmm. listening to it. And I was really impressed by the way um, he was able to pull that off. So that one, that one is probably, like, right up there for me uh, in terms of, like, the things that creep me out. A lot of things don't usually creep me out. I try to get creeped out. Like, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll save scary podcasts 
for my walks in the woods with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I think we just need a minute where you tell us about your dogs because they're all wonderful. Oh, aren't they great? It's, oh, it's all my so wife's good. doing. Like I didn't, I didn't want dogs at all. And then she adopted the first one nine years ago. And the second one when I was doing a comedy show at Whistler. Um, she went to visit the SPCA and found this li- the second guy. <laughs> and then two years ago, the, this, there was a call out from the Humane, uh, Humane Society of New Westminster to adopt this pit bull no one wanted. Because she had like huge Aww. medical bills that you have to pay before taking her. And she's my wife's like, you know, we've been blessed in many ways that we should. I'm like, I don't want a third dog. <laughs> and then we went to see her. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, it's hard to say no to this. So mm-hmm. she ended up at our house and ended up. Lo- I don't have any regrets. I, I love them all when they get here, but I really don't want them before they get here. Mm-hmm. Like, Fair uh, enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kicking and screaming and then they get here. and then Because I know I'm the one who ends up walking all of them. Sure. <laughs> uh, and the third one ended up. She loved finding feces and rolling in it like for the first <laughs> month Aww. like that was her thing you know it's it's a it's a habit that only a parent could love you know now that i think about it all those time in the woods of me screaming at her no i'm probably freaked out so many people on the hiking trails when they hear this guy screaming <laughs> there's probably an urban legend about some weird yeti like creature that screams <laughs> no through the mountains where you hike and, and you just don't know about it yet probably like feces <laughs> Um, if anyone would like to see wonderful, wonderful uh, videos and pictures of Paul's dogs, you can follow him at Mr. Paul Bay on Instagram, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, that just reminded me of the scariest thing that ever happened Go. to me, not, not involving an animal. Oh, oh gosh. So, okay. So one time, um, so I watched Blair Witch Project. Of course. It's wonderful. <laughs> that made me not camp by myself for a whole year. That that ruined my, Ooh. like, I, I, may, I remember thinking, I, I wish I didn't see that. Uh, because I was an atheist now, but that was disturbing enough to make me not want to be myself in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, after my roommate at the time, she's like, you know, you really should just force yourself back out there. Uh, what are you going to do? Never fish again? Never camp again? I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's it's weird that the option of camping with other people never came up in this conversation. <laughs> I mean, like, to, to be fair, though, Paul, there's other people in the Blair Witch Project and they fall off one by one. That's true. That did nothing, right? It, didn't it did do nothing. <laughs> So I went and I, I found a place on a map uh, by this place called Logan Lake. And it was like a, you had to take a two-way radio and you had to have good four-wheel drive to get in and drive for two hours into this very remote location. And so I thought, well, I could do it. So I went, found it. And at the daytime, it was gorgeous. The fishing was so easy because the fish hadn't been used to people. Um, I don't want to say the name of the lake because I, I might go back there one day. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't want to ruin it uh, with tourists. But it's... I, I was just on the shore. Every cast, I caught a fish and, you know, released it back. It was beautiful. That's oh, wow. how remote it was. But at night, the wind picked up and there was a full moon. So I, you could see every branch silhouette on my tent. And I just, this is my first time out after watching Blair Witch a year prior. And the coyotes started in with their howling. Oh, boy. So I was, I was kind of freaked out. And then I had to pee. Um, and I think it was like two or three in the morning. On a, and I've been awake. I hadn't slept a wink. And I was so scared because, you know, my imagination, it was like, I kept seeing long haired women outside my tent in the silhouette. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Because in that area, it's, we have a lot of what's called this moss called uh, uh, grand, Grandpa's Beard. It's okay. long and mossy. It just sort of hangs. It's off a great name. Yeah. And it's dry. It's, it, and it sort of it, it had this weird effect outside. And it was really scary. So I finally decided, well, I need to get out there uh, and pee. So if something kills me while I'm peeing, undignified. But at least I tried to pee. 
So <laughs> <laughs> at least you tried. That's all that matters. Your ghost can tell people that when it's haunting the area. <laughs> it sounded very heroic in my head before I put it into words. <laughs> so I step outside, and as I stepped outside, uh, I, I took this little trail. I don't know why I took a trail because no one out there. I. I kicked over a little pile of stones. Someone had built a little pile of stones. Oh, no. No. Like, it wasn't right by my tent, but I guess I hadn't looked in that area. And so, in my mind, someone built it right then. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, right, because you hadn't noticed it before. So, I, I, I remember I just, I stayed outside my tent the whole night uh, with my hatchet, <laughs> oh. just watching things, right? Just, just watching. And the next morning, it occurred to me, okay, I found other piles of stones. I'm like, okay, someone camped here and made these things. Probably after watching Blair Witch and had been here for a year. Probably. Oh my god. So that's the scariest thing. Now that I would just remember go. that. <laughs> this you're just confirming to me why I don't go like camping in the woods by myself. But I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I have dogs now, so it's not scary at all. Like there no you matter go. what happens. Yeah. The dogs will protect you at least. Alright, so adopt dogs from your local humane society. Mm-hmm. Always carry a hatchet. Always scare your siblings and destroy all crawl spaces. I think these are very good take-home lessons. Very good lessons. (laughs) All right, Paul, would you like to plug your projects slash tell people where they can find you on the internet, please? Yeah, I'm at, uh, just go to the website, thebigloopodcast.com for my solo anthology series. Uh, Then I have the blacktapespodcast.com for uh, the thing I do with Terry. Um, We are building the rest of season three right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the black tapes uh it should come back end of this year or early next year um if everything i, I want to knock on wood somewhere because i can't have anything go bad with that uh, <laughs> the big loop i'm done almost done writing season two and i've cast parts of season two so we should be up with that pretty soon awesome um, i'm also building a, a, a separate sort of like a memoir um based podcast mm-hmm. just for my patreon followers Oh, cool. So it's like, it's like Memory Palace, but with instead of memories of other people, it's all, all my memories. So stories that I've been telling like today, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff set to music and, you know, just a, a podcast um, of my of, of funny stories from my life. So uh, a, good, a good sampling uh, for people to check that out then. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to build right now. Uh, we'll see if it works out. Mm-hmm. And I got some other stuff going on, but I'm not allowed to talk about it right now. But you, Fair enough. You, you guys will find out. All right, we will, we will link it up. you're Mr. Paul Bay on Twitter, so people can keep an eye out there uh, to make sure they, they stay apprised. Yep, awesome. Paul, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks for creeping us out as much as possible. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. Me too. Us too. And remember, listeners, stay creepy, stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.